0: they're also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at thirty thousand feet so sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus that's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life no purchase necessary btw room void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus welcome to between heaven and earth an internet radio talk show where
1: we help you connect spirit and divine guidance Lisa Kay, your host, brings you shows that can enhance and transform your life with tips and new ideas for more happiness, abundance, and better relationships. Lisa is an expert on intuition and can show you how to strengthen your inner guidance to empower yourself. Each show is positive and uplifting to inspire your day. Her guest speakers are specialists on self-help, positive thinking, spirituality, and conscious living. Be the best that you can be. With Between Heaven and Earth, conscious living for your soul. And angel blessings to everyone. Our show today is called How to Live Life According to Heaven. And I'm Lisa Kay, your host, and we bring you shows that you can use to enhance and transform your life. We want to give you something that you can walk away with uh, from the show and live a better life. And Today, we have a wonderful guest, and we're going to talk about this topic, about how to live life according to heaven. Now, before you were born, you came to your earthly body uh, and that you um, that you didn't have before you were in heaven, and when you were in heaven, you knew what your life's purpose was going to be and what life was about. And then you were born, and you forgot all about it. So what would you do if you could go back to heaven and find out what life is about and what your life purpose is? Well, today our guest Roland Comtois is here and he had a chance to do just that. Roland found out, he also found out how all of us should live life and what the recipe is to do that. And he's here to tell us a little bit about what he learned and how he's now on a mission to share that knowledge with everyone with his new show, Heaven the Experience. So let me tell you a little bit about Roland. He's been on our show several times, and I love it when he comes. And it's just a—he always has a wonderful aura about him, and brings to us a great, great show. Now, Roland is a nationally acclaimed spiritual medium, inspirational speaker, and author. He's a professional healer with over 30 years' experience as a gerontology nurse, Reiki master, metaphysical teacher. And grief counselor, Roland is here today to discuss life, death, and his latest musical stage production, Heaven, the Experience, which is about his very own near-death experience. And we have the chat room open um, today, so if you want to chat with us and/or uh, chat with each other, you can go to blogtalkradio.com/lfk88 if you're listening to us live. So, welcome, Roland. I wanted to welcome you. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Roland might be on mute. Roland,
0: listeners, thank you.
1: Sorry, sorry, Roland, you're on mute. <laughs> welcome. I'm so glad you're here with us today.
0: Hey, Lisa. Thank you so much for inviting me, and I'm so happy to be with you. And a and a big hello to all of your listeners. Thank you. Uh,
1: thank you. Thank you. So, <clears throat> I, you know, one of the things that, that I always get excited about talking to you about is that bridge between heaven and earth. That's what our show is about. Um, but yeah. it's, you know, and I know one of the things that happened to you over 25 years ago was that you had your near-death experience. And you know, I actually don't remember it very well. Could you tell us how, the, how did that happen? Was it, did, did you nearly die Were you sit? You know, some people have different experiences and how they get into it. What happened to you?
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I, as far as I'm concerned and and the people that were in the room with me and my cousin trying to find my pulse, I was gone. I was um, oh. in a at a small little venue in Rhode Island doing a kind of get-together and doing readings and, and offering messages to a small group of 12 or 13 people. And within a very short amount of time, I was gone. I collapsed against the table. My cousin, excuse me, ran over to me. She was checking my pulse. I was kind of in between spaces and I could feel people rushing to me. I could feel the light on the other side. All of it kind of culminating in this one moment where my body and soul and everything just began to separate. And I found myself leaving, leaving this physical experience Venturing towards the light, you know? And so it was, it, 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 there's no rhyme or reason because I wasn't ill and nor has any doctor ever been able to say that I had a heart attack or that there was something Mm -hmm. wrong with me. It was, it was a moment I was gone.
1: But everybody in the room obviously said there was something not right happening, right? I mean, it sounds like you, you just were out. (laughs) Yeah, and not there. Not they couldn't there. find a I pulse. It. I mean, something was happening. They,
0: they couldn't find my pulse. My cousin was searching for it. And one of the most remarkable things that my cousin said to me was, when I came to, she said that when I touched your skin, it felt like the skin of our dead grandfather, she said. That feeling oh, that you wow. get when you touch someone's hand when they are in the casket or the coffin, it's, it's a different kind of sensation. And she said, mm-hmm. you felt like that. And so... There's no understanding, mm. no rhyme or reason I was gone.
1: Mm. Oh my god. And I was gone. And what th- so did you when you were standing there were you, did you know what was happening? Did you just sort of all of a sudden everything went black or what what did you experience? You know, they,
0: I'm telling you if, <laughs> I I will try to muster the human language, the words that can describe mm. what I felt or what I experienced, but there's no word, and this is a common thread in near-death experiencers: is that they there are no words really to describe the things that happen. But for me, as as they were checking my pulse, I could feel everything separating, and I was moving away from the physical aspect of who I am to the to the spiritual part of me, to the soul part of me. And as I was mm. lifting out of that space, the light, the warmth, the golden energy just started to appear, and it became almost easy to, to kind of surrender into that experience, and it was profound and remarkable, and everything about it was life-changing from the second I stopped breathing to the moment I regained my consciousness here. I, I crossed over, Lisa. I died. Yeah. I I saw the light and I stepped I'm into it. I'm
1: sure you Yeah, There are a lot of people who I've actually had quite a few a few near-death experiencers on the show. And everybody's experience yeah. is different. Um, not everybody has had, you know, a physical illness or something happened. That, you know, some people, I think even James Van Prague, I don't think he was, he had a near-death experience. that was kind of like what your, you had <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. And you know, he he basically w- realized it and, and kind of like went, oh my gosh, you know, it was like actually yeah. he used a four letter word, but it was but it was like, <laughs> uh, uh, and but you know I know um, and I've had uh, others who you know are part of the. IAN's group—it's uh, the International yes. Association for Near Death Experiencers—and and, and um, everybody has different kinds of ways that they've gone through it. So you don't necessarily have to be, um, you know, clinically sick, so to speak. No. So you know, it sounds like it really even did you though, know, happen to you.
0: Yeah, even though there's there's a there is the stories are very different because what people will hear me say is probably not what other people have said. But there is mm-hmm. something common about the experience of love. I mean, when, when the light flashed in front of me and it gave me this kind of impression that I was moving through something, the light that was there and the love was, that was there was, it was mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. And you know what's amazing about this moment though, Lisa? If I close mm-hmm. my eyes and I, I go back to that space, I'm right back to that same place Wow. I remember looking downward and and looking like kind of towards my feet, and I remember seeing the greenest grass. That's what it looked like to me. And I was standing there thinking. I remember the 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 green grass in my yard, and and I remember the green pine trees. But this green or this energy was much more vibrant than anything I'd yeah. ever seen before. I I could tell you I saw blue, purple, gold, green, yellow and all these magnificent colors. But those colors, those words are limited because what I saw was saturated and it was so mm-hmm. beautiful and so powerful that it, that I can go right back to that space by being here amazing. with you.
1: It's amazing that you could actually, it was so, uh, it was so powerful that you could still remember it, even though it was 25 years ago. Did, did What were you thinking? Yeah. Did you realize, Oh, I, just like James McQuarrie. Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not where I was. Did you realize oh that? Oh my
0: God, that, that's funny. That's, that, you know, that's one of the lines in my script somewhere in it. That I'm not <laughs> where I was a moment before. Um, but uh-huh. there was a moment when I, when I was there, and I was thinking, I, I spent my days prior to this near-death experience as a nurse, as a reader, as a channeler, as a medium. So I did all those things. Mm-hmm. This near-death experience expanded my ability. But when I was there, I thought to myself, "Oh my God, I'm one of them now. I'm <laughs> one of those people that I have been communicating with all oh these years. Now I am one of them."
1: <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> yeah, it's
0: powerful.
1: And that was the other thing
0: that the other thing that was incredibly profound. W- w- were the sounds that I heard, right? There was one moment, again, as I'm leaving my physical and crossing into this kind of lightness, I heard the sound of a singular musical note. I could hear sounds. And at that moment, I could hear the angels as if they were cupping their hands over my ear. And they said, when you walk through the door, there are angels standing there and people everywhere. And then they repeated that same line. And hmm. they went on to say, they, they lift you up, they guide you, they take you by the hand, and they lead you through the land. That became one of the songs that I'm going to sing wow. in my production. I wow. heard them sing in my ear. I could feel the energy so profoundly. And then I began a journey of finding my way to God. To that divine light, to that soul light, to my purpose, to my mission, to my place, and and it was pretty prof- it was amazing.
1: And so it was it? It drew. It, were you? I guess you were drawn to go to God, and and did you actually get there?
0: I did. I did. I got there.
1: You tell us a and little and bit. what get, did I, say I, anything? I, you. <laughs> I, I, I can't
0: believe
1: what happened
0: when I was there. I, I can I can I just speak frankly about this and freely yes, about this because yes. what happened when I oh God this is so intense. What happened was that I realized that when I was near God or the divinity of all things, that energy. I realized that God is really a friend of mine to God for anything. And I realized that there's a part where I'm feeling like I'm, that he was part of everything I've ever done, that he was part of my breath, part of my knowing, part of my life, part of my living, part of my passing, that when I made the connection to God, it was as if God was and is ever knowing about me and everything else that was going on around me at that moment. And I felt him, it embraced me as if I was being embraced by a friend. And I, and, and I, I say, hey, if it, in my script, I say, hey, if it's who I think it is, I know, I've seen you before, you are friendly. It, wasn't, it was this most amazing moment wow. where I felt deeply and profoundly connected to all things, to all experiences,
1: wow. because I was
0: in that moment with him.
1: Wow, and, and and here we are in our in our physical lives, and we feel so separate. So, well, so that must have been was, a, a, yeah a big surprise, a a revelation. And it's
0: one of the most greatest lessons.
1: So, were you able it's to bring? That are you able to separate, bring that back?
0: Sorry about that.
1: Are, yeah, are you I was able, able to bring that. Feel that?
0: Yeah, I was able to bring that energy back, and that realization that in fact. Lisa we are not separate from the mm. universe that the universe is an is, is an absolute it is a part of us it's a part that makes us whole and a part that makes us complete a part that makes us compassionate a part that makes us alive that we are part of the mm. entire experience and i often visualize it and experience it as if i am a gold thread in this magnificent tapestry where there are other gold threads and blue threads and brown threads and green threads, but all of us collectively are making up this magnificent tapestry. And that's what I experienced with that understanding that we are one, that it isn't mm. a joke. We are one.
1: That's so moving. It's going to make me cry.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. It, it was powerful. It was
1: but it's it's hard to conceive, you know, uh, because we haven't, those of us who haven't had the experience, you know, it's like, wow, how do you, what is that like, you know? Um, yeah. But it shifts it. It must shift you. So, to life, to recognize that, I mean, certainly that's what the saints all seek, right? That's what the the yes. seekers seek, to be one with God, yes. to go back and remember, yep. to get that realization, right? That's a very Eastern philosophy. Um yeah. You know, to have, have Jesus within you. So, so how what what's the how do we do that? <laughs> well, did you, you figure know, that out?
0: First, uh, well, I figured out stuff, yes. And some mm-hmm. things I'm still incorporating. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and and some mm-hmm. things I'm still trying to perfect because my humanness occasionally gets in the way. But one of the things that you just asked a question about before, how can we get there? Is But I think the truth mm. is we have to remember who we are. And when we remember who we are and we live in that space, we live in that knowing, we, we live in that experience, then there's nothing to do but be who we are because we're all a golden thread in this beautiful tapestry um, of humanity. Mm. I, I, don't, I don't see us, I don't see it separate. I see it part. Of me. Is it
1: just a, so, a, a can we do it through just, you know, logically saying, okay, we're all connected. Is that enough?
0: I don't think it's enough. I mean, I I'm, yeah. I'm the kind of guy that believes that if you say it, you talk it, you think it, you feel it, you experience it, then you're making progress. I think you have to mm-hmm. do you have to do it all to make it. You know, I know there are people out there that will say, "Well, I'll I'll think it and I'll become it." Yeah, sure, sure. that's great. But you have to act. You have to be, so if I'm saying to you and everybody else, you have to remember who you are. And if part of who you are, and I'm sure it is, to be unconditional in your love. Are there days mm-hmm. when you're not unconditional mm-hmm. in your love? Are there mm-hmm. days when you're not giving back compassion? Are there days when you're not honoring humanity to its fullest? Then mm-hmm. then you have to do other things besides just oh, well. saying it. I think, I think it requires some action
1: well we definitely need a lot more of that these days i think
0: yeah that's uh, oh a God.
1: wonderful wonderful message really uh, you know even even in when things are going smoothly you still have to remember that and it's it's not easy um but it, it's a that's a wonderful message now how did um how did that affect when you came back uh you know fortunately you came back um yes how did that how did that affect how you who dealt with other people, but also, say, connected to those who had passed? Had it affected? Were you? Did you have a, a stronger link to heaven?
0: You know, it expanded my understanding. It broadened my horizons, and it gave me what I call a call to action, meaning they say we have to have unconditional love, but what is unconditional love, and how do right, I exactly. personally achieve that in my everyday life. So right. there's no doubt that my near-death experience expanded my thinking, but it also gave me a call to action. It gave me a recipe, as you said in the intro, to really yeah. put the pieces of life together. Can I just say one thing right now while I'm yeah. thinking about this, Lisa?
1: Yes, please. Mm-hmm. The
0: thing that was amazing to me was I remember being um, at in this... I, I wish I could tell you the words. I wish... I wish I could paint the picture for you because it was glowing and glorious and blue, beautiful shades of blue, and I was standing on something that felt soft, Mm -hmm. and I was surrounded by this very warm and magnificent light, and I didn't feel alone, and I didn't feel separate. And all the aches and pains of my life and the hurt and the regret and the abandonment and all the challenges that existed prior Mm -hmm. to that moment, began to heal with each step that I took. Hmm. And I understood that for me to achieve my physical life, and this is one of the lessons, is that heaven isn't just upstairs. It's not just across the street. It's in the eyes of my daughter. Hmm. Heaven is in the memories of my mom who I miss so desperately. Heaven is in... It's in my ups and downs. It's in the lessons I've learned. It's in the corners I take. And it is a place where I will go beyond my physical experience. You know, hmm. we get caught up in the idea that heaven is up there. Yes. But heaven is right here in this particular moment.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Yes. You know, it's it's so hard to not, to hard to make it tangible, right? But I, I I can feel it, you know, when you talk about yeah. it. I can so feel this, what you mean. Yes.
0: Yes. This is this is why I wanted to do Heaven the Experience was not only will you hear me tell the story, but you'll see a magnificent video production. We've worked mm-hmm. hours, countless hours of creating as close to what I witnessed and, and, and experienced when I was there on video. You'll also mm-hmm. hear beautiful music, and you'll come to a theater where, where the subject matter, dying, death, and the afterlife, not so easy to talk about, but it's presented mm-hmm. in a way that allows you to experience it in, in, a, in an area that is non-threatening, that there's no other responsibility of you and to be there to experience what I'm telling and what I'm sharing.
1: So, so is the show about um, sharing with people what you experience? What is it that they would go, go come away with? Is it to know what it's like for their past loved ones, what they're living in, or is it? I mean, you talk about you know the recipe for living life. What is, what are they going to come away with in your mind?
0: Hope. They're going to leave hmm. there with hope. They're going to leave there with a possibility. They're going to leave there with an option. They're going to leave there with the idea that maybe, maybe my loved ones are really with me and I don't have to go it alone. You know, mm. I often say to people that I meet, I'm not in the business of talking to dead. I'm in the business <laughs> of talking to the living so you can yeah, live
1: yeah. fully right. and
0: invested in every part of your life.
1: Yes, because what you don't so people don't get stuck on on having lost someone so they can move forward. Is that it?:
0: It's it. you know I think if you mm. come to the realization that you're not alone,
1: that mm. your loved
0: one is still yeah. part of you, that you can take yeah. another step in your life, that you can, that yeah. you can you can step through it. But listen, let me be very clear here. I am a, a medium, I am a nurse. I am a friend, I'm a father on many things I'm also yeah. a grieving son yeah. and because my knowledge of heaven and my knowledge of the afterlife and my knowledge of this profound and unconditional love is present it doesn't erase the grief I feel on a very deep and human level about my mother's passing even though it's several years now, it mm-hmm. doesn't erase that at all. I still have to work through my grief and work through my loss but I think and what I'm hoping, Lisa, is that people who who come to this come to it knowing or leave at least with a little bit of hope that maybe there really is something more.
1: Oh, okay. And and that um well certainly that our 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 loved ones haven't um haven't left us and that they're still with us. And Yeah. And maybe a, a broader picture of, of as you're saying, as you were saying, that God is with us and that we're connected to everything. It's sort of like that, that whole a different way a shifting. A shifting of the way we look at ourselves yeah. and our lives. And I think that's a great through.
0: way of saying it.
1: Mm-hmm. You said it
0: perfectly. You said it absolutely perfectly. It gives us a different way to look at it how we're connected. Perfect.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and well, I found that for me, um, having that broader perspective, perspective, and I think that's why we have what you might call spirituality is to help us get through life and know how to live life better. Right. That's what I yeah. wanted to know. Well, right.
0: <laughs> well, you know, what, what is spirituality anyways? And when you ask that, when you bring that up, I, mean, I think spirituality is an inner voyage to who we really are and when we mm-hmm. get to that inner space and we're in that place wherever that place may be we recognize that in that stillness and in that silence in that sacred space of our spirituality we are then realizing we are connected to the whole that we're not mm-hmm. independent we really are connected in a very powerful way so yes
1: do you think it's yeah. a life is that is a journey? I mean, as you were saying, we you went you go through the grief, even though you've been to heaven, you talk to those who are in heaven, you still go through. We all go through. What we go through, and
0: yep.
1: Um, that but you know, I think it sounds like what you say. You still have when you have a, a a different view of life. It it's it gives you that hope, as you said, gives you the yep. uh, a different perspective, helps you get through the things that you have to get through. Right.
0: Yeah. I th- yeah, and I think it, you realize that the grief is only an aspect of me. It's not the whole of me. That heaven isn't mm-hmm. the whole. Of, isn't an aspect. It's a part of me. So all mm-hmm. these parts make the total experience. Right. One of the most amazing lessons I learned on the other mm-hmm. side was that it, and odd as it is, love really holds the key. It really yeah. is the conduit to everything because I believe and this. You, I'm sure you may agree with this: is, is that love once, when, uh, when it's present and in it, when it in its entirety, when it's there and love is there, love is present. It holds the key to breaking through grief, to breaking through doubt, to living the life we are meant to truly live. I, I, I think this. Mm-hmm. I think it's not just a cliche, Lisa. I think love really matters. No, I, I,
1: I know and you hear that all the time. How do you think that love does that for us? I I could I, I mean I could give you yeah. some of my thoughts. Yeah, give me <laughs> your thoughts. Yours. Go ahead.
0: Um well, I think that go ahead. <laughs>
1: no, I was just, you know, I thought a lot about you over the last few days, you know, was, uh some a lot of people on Facebook know my father just had a stroke. Um and you know, he he's 96. And we were actually struggling with um at that age, you know, we were talking to the doctor. He actually had, he had pneumonia. He had a second stroke. Um, all, you know, within the span of a week, you know, we at some point talked to the doctors about hospice. They actually, they talked to us. I, you know, I was surprised. I was like, wow, really? And, but, you know, because yeah. we've never experienced that going through it. And um, and then the neurologist said, um, well, maybe not yet, you know, because they were talking about, um withholding some treatment because he was, you know, he, it may be too much for him, but he they said, you know, the neurologist said, well, not yet. Uh, you know, you could give him that treatment uh, because he's still with us. He's still present. Yeah. And even though dad yeah. has dementia and he, you know, he, he can't, he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know what's going on because he doesn't remember. He's still present with us. And, yeah. and I realized that what I could do is in that presence, and that being and that now is to is to give him my love and and when I do that you know when I share things with him, and tell him how much I love him, it, it makes his life rich and happy. And it does. And that, it, it does. That re- made me realize, you know, because you think of things. Okay, well logically I could, you know, you know maybe I could, we could uh, throw him a Christmas party or we could, you know, those are all logistical things. But then I realized, yes. no, the things that really make him feel our love and make him feel good you know i told him about his grandson and what his grandson was doing and and um you know i showed him photographs of what we've been doing and then of course he would forget but it doesn't matter Mm because in the moment i showed him all the all the wonderful prayers and comments that were posted on the facebook page when i said that he had a stroke Mm and and he 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 cried it's actually gonna make me (laughs) cry And, you know, and and he's a man that never cries. I mean, I've never seen him cry. And, you know, and then I realized, you know, wow. That's the power
0: of love. That's it.
1: That's it. That's the power. And then I, you know, that's that's it.
0: Wow. You know, one of the interesting things that you bring up in your conversation is the minute we hear hospice, we're automatically thinking something very tragic and death and, but hospice isn't as it was 25 years ago or even 40 years ago, right? It, it's a different mm-hmm. um, tool to help a patient at, the, at, your, at your father. Or my mother was on hospice as well. And it, it's different than it was those years ago. Um, it doesn't mean it, it doesn't change the outcome, but the process is different. Um, And so, Mm -hmm. you know, for some reason I want to say don't worry, you know, just love Mm -hmm. your father. And I want to say Mm -hmm. love your father with every ounce of love that you have inside of you because that's Mm -hmm. what's what's needed. And and you asked me what does love really do and how does that love that you feel inside of you for your father translate into something for him? Well, the minute you touch your dad's hand, he remembers you. He remembers the touch. The minute you share um, stories, it brings a lightness to him. And when you're in a space of love, it really opens the doorway to something very beautiful.
1: Exactly. And that's, that was, that's, that you got it. That's what I was, what I realized. And I realized, well, how do you know, what do I do to be present with him? And, 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 and I, and as you're, you know, it is that love to love him and, and to be present and, and give him that love, and um, and then I realized that that's what living is. And I just mm. wrote about it in my blog, but that 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 is that gets back to what we're talking about. What? How do yep. you live life? What is it about, right? And it's like, oh, okay, that you know that is that is is living because again, it gets back to that's what we had to think about. We had to think about well, you know is he ready for hospice or is he not and do, how do we make that choice and 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 so what is it to live right and and it's, i guess what you, what we're saying here is is what it is to live is to love
0: it is you know there's a line in my in my productions that i say is i say is love your life live your life i mean we really have to start looking at our lives and I, you know why this is important, Lisa? It's it's really because the world around us is so chaotic and so yes, fragmented and is. fragile. It's and very scary. fragile.
1: It's, it's fragile and and scary. scary.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. So how do we maintain balance? How do we bring yep. love when everything around us is is just so bombarded with ugly, scary? unsettling energy and that's the task of the compassionate human being living a life is trying to not get sucked into all of that pain and suffering and grief that exists out there in the world and you do it by living your day-to-day lives, loving the moments and doing the best you can to love your Mm -hmm. life, to live your life and to be fully invested in the experience.
1: Yes. Yes, absolutely. That and uh-huh. that you know that that was the thing I realized. That that's what made me realize because you know in that in our in our moments and and it's really all about you know it's all about that being in the moment and the and the love is. Actually, I realized that afterward, it's like, wow, you know, um, being with dad and being in the moment and the things I did with him, and then it was experiencing it and experiencing the love that came out of it made me realize it is the love. Yeah. So if we could do that in everything we do, or or at least help us through life, you know, and is that, um, so tell me about this, the, your, your show, tell me about, you know, how, what is it? When somebody goes to experience it, there you you're singing it, and there's video. Tell me about the singing. It was like um, I I knew you sung but I didn't realize I I was actually surprised. It's like wow, he's actually going to do a show and sing. That's that's really awesome. Everybody out there is listening. I have heard Roland sing. He has an amazing voice. Um, my mother is a <laughs> singer. She's an opera singer. I grew up around music. I'm a an amateur musician, but because my mother is a vo- vocal teacher, um, I I feel like you know I really know good singers and maybe not with some that are not so good, but Roland has an amazing voice, it's beautiful well, and um so what made you decide to to put the music in this Is well,
0: that what you, know, you the, usually the, do the, the, no, it's not what I do at all and 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 you know and no one knows this, but I have an abs- an a fear of singing publicly so. You know, you really? the idea of being on a stage, yeah, it's, it really has been one of my struggles. And I, and I said to my team this week, I said, I don't know why I decided to think because it really is pushing me, and probably that's why, it's pushing me beyond my boundaries. Um, mm. But interestingly enough, I, I, I mean, the reason why there's all these components to it was because I wanted to make it as entertaining, yes, enlightening, and as engaging as we could, and, it, it, you know, interestingly enough, this started out just as my wanting to tell the story. And now it's a
1: mm-hmm.
0: play. <laughs> I just wanted mm. to go on, on the road oh, and tell the story. And now
1: it's, a, it's evolved <laughs> It evolved. Into this,
0: into this big production, you know, wow. and, and here we are. I was, at a, I was at a meeting in 2008, and a Broadway guy came up to me and said, I really want you to tell your story about heaven on Broadway you know and and so that kind uh-huh. of planted the seed that maybe someday I will tell the story in a in a very big way. Oh, yeah. Well, it is. It's going to be told well, in yeah. a very big way.
1: I think there's a reason why the music is important and and you are singing um and uh, you know giving you my understanding from my mother. Um I actually am an instrumentalist. I played the violin for many years. I could have been a violinist. I just decided not to be a scientist instead. Um but my whole approach to music is without words it's you know in fact when i sing i use the words as a as a, as a vehicle to make sound <laughs> and and then when wow. i work with um you know vocal coaches, I worked with my mother um it's she's it's, what she said is the words are so important because of the meaning it gives you know, fuller meaning to the the music and when you do that mm. you it you become transformed, and not only do you transform yourself and through the music but you transform the people that you're singing for and I think that's why it's important um that mm, you are singing i agree. Because then, you You know, know, through that, you can transform others.
0: You know, we have an amazing original score created. All the music, there's 14 pieces of music for this one production. Each scene has its own music created in relationship to what I was emotionally, spiritually, physically feeling at that particular time. And Mm -hmm. it took me years to find the right guy. And Stephen Lupo is the guy that created all the original music for the production and all the music for my songs. that I, mm-hmm. I've written the songs, and he's put the music together. It's profound, and I think you're right. I think music takes us to another level of understanding.
1: You know, It's interesting. I, the last show I had, I had Isabel um, von Falwa. She's, um, she's the big angel lady in Germany, and, and she's actually a classical pianist, and we were talking about Christmas music. And about how important music is, and why music um, can do things with us and in us that words can't. And um, that's, you know, I think obviously that's why uh, God, <laughs> all that is, has brought the music into your, into your show. And you have, like I said, you have a, a beautiful, amazing voice. I, I wouldn't, uh, you know, I wouldn't hesitate to come listen to you, or, or, or even you shouldn't hesitate <laughs> to sing. Um, it's really, okay. really beautiful it's um and and you know you can, i think I think you had also told me at one point that the music is modeled after what you heard in heaven, yes, so we it, get to it, hear what heaven sounds like sound
0: <laughs> you will you'll get to hear you'll Yay. get at least you'll hear from my perspective, you'll hear what it sounded like when I was leaving there was a strong mm. rush of energy you'll hear the sound of when i'm finding god you'll hear me singing when i'm pleading with god you'll hear mm. you'll hear you'll hear the, the the sounds of when i'm starting to realize i'm dying but i'm going to be okay each each musical note each sound that's coming from the instruments that steve has created all complement what i heard now interestingly enough i have had other musicians before but no one uh-huh. until Steve has been able to replicate what I heard Wow on the other side. It's powerful.
1: Wow, it sounds like it's going to be powerful. I mean transformative. I, I would love to hear what what the music is like in heaven. And you know, um <laughs> I was gonna m i was gonna tell you you know, Hilda you don't know, do you know who Hildegard von Bingen is? She was no. a saint. She was a saint. Oh yes, yes and yes. and she heard music. Um, and she was, she was like Joan of Arc. Yeah. She, she, you know, heard God, she heard music from heaven and she wrote music that, uh, that she had heard, um, in heaven and because of her connection. And so, so it sounds to me very much that it's a, well, it's more than you channeling the music. You're actually hearing it, experiencing it in heaven. Um, (laughs) you know we're we're actually um, a little more than halfway through our show here. What tell us a little bit about how people can um, come to the show? Uh, it's heavenly sure. experience, and and where can they they go see it? I would love to go see it.
0: Well, it, it is the experience, and and I just want to say that the music was created by Stephen Lupo, and the assistant director is Diane Lupo, and we have an amazing video part. Pod- created by Sean Connoyer, and I have a lighting technical director, Brian Sawyer. So all these people have gathered together to help me look really good, or hopefully help me look really good, on January 8th at the Stadium Theater in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. It's, it's the premiere is in Rhode Island. It's in a theater that's been restored to its fullest. It's magnificent in there, um, and it's the right place to begin um, the journey on January 8, and, and tickets are available still at the, at the state of com about uh, getting good seats, a lot of good seats left.
1: Oh, that's great. It's, and you know, what a way to start the year, right? Go, yeah. go to heaven, get the experience <laughs> and then start your year and learn how to, you know, how to go out and live your life properly. And, and, you know, with that connection. So um so if you're interested, I, I, you could get more information about Roland at RolandComtois.net. That's R-O-L-A-N-D-C-O-M-T-O-I-S.net. And all the information about Roland and I believe also about the uh, having the experiences out there on your website. Is that correct?
0: That is right. Yes, thank you.
1: Okay, good. So RolandComtois.net. And that's also in the show notes if you're listening live or if you're listening to the archives. You can get that. Um, that website there and find out more about how to, how to get the experience of heaven and Roland and Roland um, does, he travels around the world actually and across the country uh, giving his messages of hope and love and, and his purple papers. Maybe we'll talk about that next, um, which are absolutely unbelievably amazing. And you can um, go see him. And I would highly recommend you do, um, I met Roland a long long time ago actually it's almost 10 years now and uh, wow. a friend of mine had said uh of Roland you will not be disappointed and she was right <laughs> <laughs> so Go see Roland. And uh, let me tell you, I think also I've always, I'm a big energy junkie. And when I'm in Roland, I literally, Roland, when I am in your presence, I feel the rush. I feel the beautiful energy of blessings. And I seek this out all over the world. I'm always traveling and I love to go to places of, um, you know, worship. And, you know, I, I feel the energy there and you carry it with you. You do. <laughs> I think it's,
0: uh, well, I thank it. you. I, maybe... Maybe it's because I've been to that place, and it's with me. It's a part I, of
1: yeah. me. Yeah, and you live it. You live. You live. You live the life. You do live it. Yeah. Let me give everybody a little bit of um, where you can, if you want, if you like this show, and you like what we're talking about today. We do. We have wonderful guests like Roland. Roland does come back and and um, try to give you some inspiration and things that you can do to help enhance and improve your life. Uh, you could get information about me, Lisa Kay. At lmk88.com and if you like the show I have an app you can get the app out there called Lisa K Radio it is for the Android and the iPhone Uh, just go to iTunes and search for lmk88 you'll find it there or you can go to my website and the link is there to download it if you're interested in getting updates so you know when things are coming out you can go to lmk88.com sign up for my Newsletter, and you'll get updates. You'll also get a free ebook on how to develop your intuition and connect to your divine guidance. And uh, that's free to sign up. Um, one more thing I also have my book is coming out. Uh, I just finished my edits. It's going to go to the publisher for their edits. And it's going to be released in late spring in May by Findhorn Press. It's called Intuition on Demand. A Step-by-Step Guide to a Powerful Intuition You Can Trust. How do you like that for a subtitle? That We just we just came up with I, that. I love it. I totally love it. Awesome. You're certainly awesome. in the
0: zone, Lisa. You're in the zone.
1: Oh. oh, good. We want to be there. Isn't that the place to be? In the zone, it in the, the vortex? It is the place to be. <laughs> yeah. Yes. We have about 15 more minutes. Can you tell us about your your purple papers, what those are about? Roland Contois, pu- purple papers. you got to put those two together. They're amazing things. What are they?
0: <laughs> well, they are. They have astounded me from the get go. I've been writing on large 11 by 17 purple papers for 11 years. I've been channeling. Really? Has it always 45. been purple?
1: Has it always been it's
0: purple? It's
1: always been purple. Yeah, for why, the last why, 11 why,
0: years. Why you want to know why? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I did. Because
0: God said it. Somebody said oh, it in my I head do it on purple that. paper. I, I, oh, it wasn't wow. any more extravagant than that.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, hey, though, but that's important. I mean, if it comes from God, then, you know, this, it, it's amazing, right? So it's very special. Yeah, it is amazing. Right. It is. So wow. all of
0: these purple papers are pre recorded, pre documented uh, messages that I hear during a time of meditation and prayer. And I write Mm -hmm. exactly what I hear. I draw what I see to the best of my ability. And then I go on the road from here to the West Coast and internationally offering these purple papers uh, for the audiences that I meet. Now, I walk into a room. I start offering messages. And I then say to my staff, get the purple paper with the boat on it or Charlie or something. And then we begin to realize that that paper belongs to somebody in the room. And Hmm. then I hand it to them, and they take it with them.
1: Wow. And now you don't know who's going to be in the room ahead of time, right? No. But I guess God Uh, God
0: does. (laughs) Somebody does, but it's not me. Um, Because Uh all of the events that I do, except for one event in Connecticut, are all hosted by other people. So none of the registrations go through my office. None of the mm-hmm. registrations go through anything I have any control over. All I mm-hmm. know is that the event is sold out. I walk in there and I do my thing, share the messages, and offer a little hope and inspiration. Can I share one little story with you?
1: I was I was going to ask you for one. Give us a good story. Oh, I good. Hear it.
0: So yeah. not long ago, I think it was in Rhode Island, I was doing a big event. There was a lot of people in the room, and there was a purple paper that said Charlie wanted to say. I don't remember the words verbatim, but it was about how he was feeling and what he went through when he was passing away. And it, it was this long-winded message from Charlie. And on the top right-hand corner of the paper was a, um, a, a sunset in these blue waters, and this this beautiful little whatever, right? I get mm-hmm. to this event in Rhode Island. I walk in, and I start telling the stories, and all of a sudden we realize that the woman in the room really wants to talk to Charlie and Charlie was either her stepfather or I don't remember exactly who he was, but it was an important relationship to her. And so I said, well, you know what? I think I have a purple paper for you. I turned to the table, pulled it out, held it in front of her. And she was overwhelmed Mm. because on her left shoulder was the tattoo of the sun setting with the same exact colors that were oh my recorded gosh. in my drawing that were written wow. days before. Now, I hadn't,
1: oh, gosh. that message
0: was written days before. I was doing, here's another one, I was doing an event in Massachusetts, and I was home meditating, and I started seeing lots of a river, a river of some kind, really low, uh, not deep river, and, and just this darkish kind of, water, blue water, a little bit darker, river and I kept seeing angels by the waterside and I just put that on the paper and I I just drew these other things and wrote a message from a husband to a wife and, and just this river. Well I get to uh this event in Massachusetts and I start giving messages and all of a sudden I realize there is a woman who desperately needs a purple paper. And I'm starting to talk to her, and I, and I come to this understanding that the one with the river belongs to her. I take the paper out. I say, this message is from your husband. He does not want you to worry about what happened to him by the water. Well, she starts to cry. Uh-huh. She told me later on that her husband drove his car near the edge of the river, parked the car, went and sat down near the water, and died. Uh-huh. And she understood in that moment, because the message was heard, because it was translated, transcripted here, and given to her, she understood that her husband was okay. Yeah. That's what the purple papers are all about.
1: Wow. So they're not only messages, they're also confirmation that that, that that past loved one, the deceased loved one is there, and they're... Giving you the message to pass on to them, and you just write it on the paper.
0: Yep, and that's right. it. I mean, the the wow. messages now are very detailed. They have names and um,
1: mm-hmm. have they gotten Have they changed and, over the years? Have they yes, gotten uh,
0: much? More, yes. Yeah, I remember.
1: Much more profound. Um, I remember when you first, you know, ten years ago, when you did the papers, um, you they were did not have colors in them. It was just uh, your your big black permanent marker. <laughs> <laughs> That's that. right. You're yeah. exactly
0: right. You're right.
1: Wow. And so you have shifted
0: to... now. now. Now I see colors and I, I draw them. I, I'll i never forget this one guy I met in New York. And it, there were flowers all over a paper. It was just flowers. And I drew these flowers. And I'm not an artist, but I put what I could. And, and I drew a lot of colors. And it was so powerful. And it said Tell my son I love the garden. That's all it said, right? I
1: mm-hmm. looked at this
0: one guy who flew in from the middle of the country to hear what I had to say. Turns mm-hmm. out the message was from his mom. The two of them owned a florist mm-hmm. and and because they they and they used to do special things with their flowers that no other florist had done before he knew in that moment that it was a message from his mother about the flowers and the history of their journey together.
1: Wow. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Cool. That's unbelievable. Uh, all yeah, the, all amazing. the stories that, now, so how many papers do you think you've done?
0: Thousands.
1: Really? Thousands. Wow. Yeah. And, and we, do you, we, um, yeah. how do do you, do you write them every day? Do you do you know you're going to an event, so you just sit meditate, and then they start getting written, or does it kind of pop up at you? You're driving along, and I have to write a purple. Yeah, how does it work? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know,
0: sometimes
1: it I'm curious. I'm like sorry.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that question, though. <laughs> sometimes it does happen like that, but you know, I I I don't do much when I'm driving anymore. In the old days, I would you know write a little note, but now I I, I remember it or I stop, I pull over, mm-hmm. I write a little note, but not really. Now I mm-hmm. I prep prior to each event by mm-hmm. sitting, praying, meditating, um, mm-hmm. and then I write the, the, the story that I'm supposed to write, and uh, then we photograph each of the papers. So I have a mm-hmm. library of all the messages that I have channeled on Purple Papers We've been photographing wow. them for years to just keep uh, a record of the mm-hmm. spiritual connections that have been made.
1: Do do you, uh, do, you, uh, and then when you match them, do you, uh, you know, then you say, hey, okay, I've checked that one off. It's gotten, it's, you know, it, it was delivered. Let's say, and then
0: yeah, I I'm the same. Yeah, totally, I, I'm
1: I. <laughs> <laughs> I would do. i you know. Sorry. Very anal. I wouldn't do that. <laughs> well, we do that. Like, okay.
0: We check them mm-hmm. off. We write notes. We try to keep an eye on it because oh, I want to make sure these papers are going to where they're supposed to be going.
1: And <laughs> and have you delivered them all?
0: No, or do no, no, the, no. That you have Yeah, I have. I have one paper from 2005 to the Walcott family. Um, oh my God! I have a paper. <laughs>
1: Which, wait, 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 the Walcott family.
0: Walcott.
1: Frans, okay, so Walcott. let's go through this. Walcott, how do you spell that? Or, well, I guess it's more of a sounding thing. W-A-L-C-O-T-T.
0: Walcott, Walcott family. Okay, it, so it, anybody who's listening. The, yep. This is the time to call uh, in or check in or call Lisa or something.
1: Right, I Walcott. Yeah, paper. Yeah. yeah. The paper Let us know is if you call
0: yeah, it, it's for um, a family of daughters, either daughter-in-laws or daughters. So that one is there. There's a paper mm-hmm. from the Saint Germain. There's a paper from the La Francois family. Um, mm-hmm. There, uh, there's a lot of papers still waiting to okay. be delivered. And I won't give it until I am abs- until I am. Absolutely sure. I, I remember being in Delaware, and a woman came running to the table, and she said, "That's my purple paper." I said, "It isn't. I'm sorry." And she grabbed it out of my hand, and oh my. we were doing a tug of war. We were tug war and pulling at that paper, and I said, "I'm sorry, but it is. I don't feel it. I can't give it to you." And so oh I God. packed up and drove from Delaware to New York City and there in a room with a lot of people was the woman who was destined to receive that purple paper, and she received
1: it. Well, (laughs) you know, and congratulations to you. And, you know, it says something about your integrity that you knew, and, you know, otherwise she wouldn't have gotten the paper that she was meant to get. Right? So I know people want messages. They're very desperate for messages, and I can understand that. But it's amazing that the papers, when they are meant to go to someone, they will go. It's, uh, Can I? Right, do I have but, time to
0: tell you one of the little story?
1: Yeah, we got about a minute. About oh, a minute well, or two minutes. minutes.
0: I'll just we quickly say minutes. I was at an. Okay, I'll save this quickly. I was at another event and I was passing out one of the purple papers, and it got wet on the paper, and we sold yes. it and gave it to the lady. And when she came up to the table, it had the shape of a butterfly, of the wetness, and she said, "My aunt used to always send me butterflies." And she somehow knew that the message that was written and the wet stain on the paper were all signs from her aunt. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs>
1: so you see you see spirit works in mysterious ways, they're going to get you the message. You, you know. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of listeners out there, um, you know, and actually you have a question in the chat room. So if somebody were to say, "Hey, you know, I want a purple paper," how does that work? How would they get one?
0: Well, this is funny. You know, I, I people have now have been ordering purple papers like you can put in an order like you're ordering a canned pie at a <laughs> bakery. Do it, it doesn't work that way. No, it um, doesn't work. Because it, way. it just doesn't. You know, someone can say, can you give me a, a purple paper from Uncle Dick? And I mm-hmm. "I can't. Um, mm-hmm. What I will do is I will hold energy and if something happens, I'll let you know.
1: There you go. You know? so, so if you're meant so you to get one, you will get one. Uh, yeah. Well, good. Totally. I'm glad we straightened that out. Well, Roland, it's been awesome. You you are just always amazing and have just so much wonderful information from, you know, the other side as well as here. And I love talking to you.
0: Me too, <laughs> you Lisa. Thank have, you so much for inviting me.
1: Oh gosh. You know, any time you're and, you know, certainly, um I know you've got a lot of uh irons in the fire and things are, you know, are percolating. Um and I also know your show is, is going to be moving around, not just in Rhode Island, right? You said it's going to be hopefully going around to different towns yep. and cities. So, to a theater yep, well, near you, yes. If you're yes, not in Ro- Rhode Island, uh, wait for the experience. And Roland can be reached at rolandcomtois.net, R O L A N D, C O M T O I S dot net. Uh, French, right? Comtois. And That's very French. You can reach- I love it. I love the French. And you can reach me at lmk88.com. So, um, and again, you can reach me at lmk88.com. And uh, again, so thank you, Roland. Uh, come back. Come back soon. Let us know how your show goes um, Tell and, you know, how, how those purple papers work out. We'd love to have you.
0: I would love that. And again, thank you very much and appreciate all of your love and support. And to all of your listeners, thank you as well
1: oh thank you thank you i'm lisa k you've been listening to between heaven and earth conscious living for your soul angel blessings to everyone tune in next time bye
0: okay round two name something that's not boring